Rosa Adventures in Spanish, the show that submerges you in different stories in Spanish so that you're better able to become fully bilingual and fluent in one of the most widely spoken languages in the world. In other words, este podcast avanza tu aprendizaje del idioma español a través de historias populares para sumergirte en la cultura y pronunciaciones correctas. Your host, Annie Paul Murphy, is originally from Colombia, so you can trust the Spanish accent you'll be learning with is the most neutral and clearest out there. Put another way, puedes confiar que el acento que oyes es el más neutro y claro que puedes encontrar. Empecemos, ¿listo? Time to learn some Spanish. Hola y bienvenidos a este episodio de Adventures in Spanish. Si eres de Colombia o conoces a alguien de Colombia, esta semana es muy importante y hoy quiero repasar con ustedes por qué. En el episodio pasado, nosotros discutimos los eventos del 4 de julio del 2019 en la capital de los Estados Unidos, Washington, D.C., y les dije que en mi próximo episodio, o sea este, de pronto iba a hablar de la independencia de Colombia. Bueno, ya que hoy mismo es el 200 aniversario de la batalla que señaló la independencia colombiana, decidí hacerlo. Así que si eres colombiano, espero que disfrutes este episodio y si conoces a alguien de Colombia, coméntales lo que aprendiste. ¿Quién sabe? De pronto les estarías enseñando algo. O por lo menos yo aprendí varias cosas, ya que en mi colegio en Colombia no aprendí mucho acerca de este día. Entonces, primero vamos a repasar los eventos del 20 de julio de 1810 y del 7 de agosto de 1819 en español e inglés. Y luego les quiero contar acerca de algunas de las celebraciones de los colombianos del 20 de julio del 2019. Pero antes de empezar, ¿tú sabes cuál es la diferencia entre el 20 de julio y el 7 de agosto? ¿O específicamente sabes qué pasó el 20 de julio de 1810 y el 7 de agosto de 1819? Bueno, en breve, el 20 de julio de 1810, Colombia comenzó a declarar su independencia y el 7 de agosto de 1819, o sea, hace exactamente 200 años, la consiguió en el campo de batalla. ¿Pero qué pasó el 20 de julio de 1810? Aunque ese día no produjo la independencia de la Nueva Granada, la cual era la colonia española, que en ese entonces incluía la mayoría de Ecuador, Panamá, Colombia y Venezuela, tampoco fue un hecho insignificante. A ver, les cuento más acerca de estos días con esta corta historia, cortesía del periódico colombiano El Tiempo. En mis show notes, Incluiré el link a este interactivo artículo. El viernes 20 de julio de 1810, un grupo de criollos intelectuales desplazó a los españoles del mando, pero sin pretender la independencia de España. Tengan en cuenta que el movimiento independista colombiano se inspiró en parte tras la declaración del hombre y del ciudadano emitida durante la Revolución Francesa en el 1789. En esa época, los habitantes de Nueva Granada no estaban de acuerdo con las decisiones de la corona española, incluyendo lo limitada que era la propiedad de la tierra y lo malo que se estaba manejando el presupuesto. Días antes del 20 de julio de 1810, algunos criollos intelectuales se habían reunido para definir el plan con el que se liberarían de aquellos gobernadores españoles, lo cual pensaban ejecutar en la plaza de mercado de Santa Fe. Ese día, dos de ellos se rompieron el almacén del español José González Chorente pidiéndole un florero prestado. A propósito, este local era uno de los almacenes más distinguidos del comercio de Santa Fe de Bogotá. Él vendía sombreros, velos, fuegos de té en porcelana, diademas y penetones, entre otras cosas lujosas, 
nuevas y de segunda mano procedentes de Europa y el Reino Unido que costaban entre 100 y 1.200 reales o entre 5.000 y 80.000 pesos actualmente, lo cual en dólares americanos actuales es más o menos casi 2 dólares a 25 o 26 dólares. En mi show nos encontrarán una foto del almacén. Bueno, regresemos a la historia. Llorente rechazó la petición y en ese momento se armó un altercado, lo cual sirvió como la excusa para elevarle el ánimo a los que estaban mirando y dar el grito de la independencia. Pero la ruptura total con la corona española tomaría más tiempo de lo que pensaban. Nueve años, si queremos ser exactos. Entre 1810 y 1815, la nación fue definida como una patria boba. Durante ese periodo hubo inestabilidad política y varias guerras regionales y civiles. Aunque muchos se querían independizar de España, los criollos se dividieron entre los federalistas y los centralistas. Algunos querían que el poder estuviera concentrado en un solo lugar y otros preferían que los estados, las provincias, tuvieran su propio poder. La campaña libertadora de la Nueva Granada, emprendida por Simón Bolívar a principios del 1819, culminó el 7 de agosto en la batalla de Boyacá. A propósito, Boyacá es un departamento. Gracias a la victoria de los criollos sobre los españoles, se pudo lograr la libertad de gran parte del territorio y forjar el camino para la constitución de la nueva República de Colombia. Ahora, a continuación, les quiero compartir un resumen en inglés, cuya mayoría viene de la website Cartagena Explorer. Acerca de la historia del 7 de agosto, para aquellos que hablen inglés sepan un poco más del contexto y luego les hablaré más acerca del 20 de julio y las celebraciones que ocurrieron en el país el mes pasado, este año. Why is August 7th a holiday in Colombia? This has to do with the Battle of Boyacá, la batalla de Boyacá. But first, where is Boyacá? Boyacá is a department, un departamento, located towards the middle to eastern part of the country to the northeast of Bogotá, the capital city, west of Medellín, and south of Bucaramanga. If it sounds familiar, it's because this department was heavily involved in Colombia's journey to independence. In fact, near the town of Paipa, the striking Monumento a los Lanceros Memorial celebrates the 1819 battle at the Vargas Swamp, or La Batalla del Pantano de Vargas. Tunja and Sogamoso are popular towns in Boyacá. Every year, August 7th is a holiday in Colombia. This state celebrates a decisive patriot victory over Spanish and royalist forces during Colombia's war for independence. In 1810, Nueva Granada, or New Granada, as I mentioned earlier, this was the Spanish colony which also included Colombia, most of present-day Ecuador, Panama, and Venezuela, began its first moves towards independence. The capital city, Santa Fe de Bogotá, declared the colony autonomous on July 20, 1810, and the city of Cartagena declared itself a fully independent and sovereign state on November 11, 1811. However, these first moves for independence were short-lived. Conflict and rivalry, particularly between those who wanted a centralized government based in Bogotá and those who wanted a federal system with the provinces or the departments, having considerable control over their own affairs, caused disunity. This period is referred to today as the Patria Boba, meaning foolish fatherland or quite literally, dumb country. Many people were also still loyal to the Spanish crown. 
the Caribbean coast north of Cartagena, as well as the area around Pasto near the border with Ecuador, remained in royalist hands. The conflict between regional elites also likely left many hoping that a return of Spanish rule would restore peace and order. The failure to unify helped lead to the reconquest of practically all of New Granada by the Spanish general Pablo Morillo by mid-1816. The reimposition of Spanish authority came with consequences for those that had supported independence. For example, Cartagena suffered mass starvation during a siege of over 100 days, and the rest of the country fell back into Spanish hands shortly thereafter. Many were executed, imprisoned, or sent into exile. Others had their land seized. These brutalities helped harden patriot desires for independence and guerrilla forces continued to fight against the Spanish and royalist forces. Particularly in the Llanos, the lowland plains of eastern Colombia and western Venezuela, guerrilla or guerrilla forces remained active. Their geography played to their advantage as the area flooded for half the year and horses from the highlands struggled to eat the grass that grew there. Independence leader Simón Bolívar had leading guerrilla resistance himself from the area around the Orinoco River in southern Venezuela since 1817. Realizing that the Spanish and royalist forces would be difficult to defeat entrenched in the well-defended cities of the coast, Simón Bolívar hatched a daring plan to strike at the heart of Nueva Granada. Bolívar marched his forces across the llanos of southern Venezuela and eastern Colombia and up into the mountain highlands of the foothills of the Andes. His plan was to try to catch the Spanish unaware and take the lightly defended capital of Bogotá. Bolívar's plan was daring as he chose to begin his march at the start of the rainy season in May, crossing the plains while they were flooded. The floods made the going tough, but helped hide his movements from the Spanish. After crossing through the humid, flooded plains, Bolívar's forces then marched up into the cold of the mountains. They were ill-equipped for the cold and many fell ill and died. However, he succeeded in crossing the mountains at the Paramo de Pispa Pass by July 5th. Bolívar quickly restocked his forces and supplies from the local population and laid his eyes on Bogotá. The Spanish were also now aware of his presence and began sending forces to reinforce the city's defenses. Bolívar intercepted a Spanish force at the Battle of Vargas Swamp on July 25th and then took the city of Tunja on August 5th. The Spanish and Royalist forces now hurried to block Bolívar's path to Bogotá. Their fastest route to the city was to cross the bridge of Boyacá. It was at this bridge that Bolívar's forces intercepted them, leading to the Battle of Boyacá. On the approach to the bridge, Bolívar's forces succeeded in dividing and surrounding the bulk of the Spanish and Royalist forces. After several hours of fighting, the majority of the Royalist forces, that's about 1,600 out of the just under 2,700, surrendered to Bolívar. With the collapse of the Royalist army, the path to Bogotá was now open. That was more of the history behind the battle that paved the way for Colombia's independence exactly 200 years ago today. But why else was this battle important? Let's continue. After the battle, the Spanish viceroy fled Bogotá for the coastal stronghold of Cartagena. 
three days after the Battle of Boyacá on August 10, 1819, Bolívar's forces entered Bogotá unopposed. In his haste, the Viceroy had even left behind the majority of the funds from the Treasury. With Bogotá as a base, Bolívar and the Patriot forces could now go about liberating the rest of New Granada. The Battle of Boyacá is considered the most important victory in the independence of Colombia, while Pasto remained a royalist stronghold for years and Cartagena on the Caribbean coast would stay in royalist hands until 1821, most of the present-day Colombia was now under de facto patriot control. Bolívar also was able to use Bogotá as a base to help liberate Venezuela, Ecuador, Peru, and Bolivia. Therefore, La Batalla de Boyacá was a decisive moment in the independence of Colombia in practically all of Northern South America, or Sud America. Bolívar's march through the flooded plains up and over the cold mountains is also considered a brilliant military campaign. It is often compared to Napoleon's march over the Alps. Today, August 7th, is a holiday in all of Colombia to celebrate the decisive victory at the Battle of Boyacá. Also, it is the inauguration day for the president every four years. So there you have it, a complete history in English of the Battle of Boyacá and why August 7th is a holiday and such an important day in general for Colombians. Ahora repasemos cómo celebró Colombia el 20 de julio este año, shall we? Let's look at how Colombians celebrated the 20th of July this year. This all comes from El Tiempo also. I've included the pictures in my show notes. Las principales ciudades del país se engalanarán este 20 de julio con los conciertos y desfiles que harán parte de la conmemoración del Grito de Independencia que dio inicio a la campaña libertadora en 1810. But do not forget, okay, 1810 was the Grito de la Independencia, but the battle didn't actually occur until when? Yes, 7th, August, August 7th, 1819. En Medellín, la fiesta será por todo alto. Los soldados de mar, tierra y aire marcharán por la avenida 70 con sus armas características junto con la defensa civil, los bomberos, los agentes de tránsito, los guardias indígenas y estudiantes del colegio Benjamín Herrera y serán seguidos por los camiones y empleados de Envarias. Habrá también dos bandas de guerra y se lucirán las banderas del cuerpo consular acreditado en la capital antioqueña. By the way, Medellín is the capital city of Antioquia, which is why the expression, as you saw there just a few seconds ago, capital antioqueña, they're referring to Medellín. Esto será hasta el intercambio de bulerías, donde concluye el evento. En Cali, los asistentes podrán ver el paso de las unidades del ejército y de la policía, los soldados heridos en combate, las unidades tácticas, el grupo de acción unificada por la libertad personal, el batalla, Batallón de Ingenieros de Desminado Humanitario número 6, el Batallón de Fuerzas Especiales Urbanas, el Grupo Meteoro, los Ingenieros Militares, el Batallón de, Poli de Policía Militar, el Comando Aéreo de Combate 7, el Escuadrón Antidisturbios, entre otros. En Pasto y Popayán, los desfiles arrancarán antes de las 9 y media de la mañana en las principales plazas de las ciudades. Del 19 al 21 de julio, Barranquilla se viste de amarillo, azul y rojo para celebrar los 209 años del Grito de Independencia de Colombia, con una serie de actividades 
que enaltecerán los símbolos patrios y la diversidad folclórica y musical del país. La programación, liderada por la Alcaldía de Barranquilla, iniciará el 19 con la presentación de la Orquesta Sinfónica Metropolitana a partir de las 6 de la tarde como preámbulo a la fiesta tricolor. And another thing, that expression tricolor, it refers to the three colors of the Colombian flag, um, yellow, blue, and red. So every time you see something that just says tricolor, it pretty much refers to, um, specifically actually in Colombia, it refers to those three colors, tricolor. So you got like bandera tricolor, fiesta tricolor, camiseta tricolor. All of those are to define essentially um, that they are in those primary colors in that order. El sábado 20, la ciudad será el epicentro del desfile militar más grande del país en Barranquilla ahora esta cita me gusta los barranquilleros nos pondremos la 10 para demostrar los orgullosos que nos sentimos de haber nacido en este país emprendedor lleno de gente bacana pujante y que día a día mira hacia el futuro los invito a izar su bandera a ponerse la camiseta tricolor sí, told ya, y acompañarnos en esta fiesta para todas las familias aseguró el alcalde Alejandro Char so he's essentially saying that um, Uh, we, the residents of Barranquilla, which is a kind of like a coastal city, um, and it's where part of my family is from, actually, we are going to wear the shirt, um, so the shirt with the number 10, in honor of 1810, to show how proud we are um, of having been born in this entrepreneurial country, in this country that just, you know, where people fight to get ahead, uh, where people are also cool, and that they also look into the future. So he's inviting people to also raise their flags to wear the camiseta tricolor, right? The patriotic flag, the Colombian flag shirt, and um, join us in this party for all, for all families. Por otro lado, en Cartagena, which is the city, remember from a few minutes ago in the stories, Cartagena played a key, key, key role in Colombia's history because it is a coastal city and if you go which by the way it's a beautiful city if you go or just look it up online I'll show you pictures um, you can see that part of it it's actually in a fort so um, part of it is actually known as like the fortress city of Cartagena because you will see like the main part of it and the part where the Spaniards lived was all covered um, in a fort essentially so it was all you know, like a, like a city in a fort. <laughs> and so it's because it was coastal, it needed that to protect itself from um, struggles and battles and, uh, you know, just things happening on, on sea. And so it needed that fort, essentially. And so it actually had it has its own cannons. You can see them even to today. You can walk up to them. You can touch them. It's really neat. So um, I recommend you actually, you go. It's really beautiful. And I'll include pictures of it online. But so now let's talk about what they were going to do in Cartagena. In Cartagena habrá una ofrenda floral, una ofrenda, I'm sorry, floral, a las siete y media de la mañana, en el Monumento a la Libertad del Parque de la Marina a cargo de la Armada Nacional. A las ocho de la mañana se llevará a cabo la tradicional izada de bandera en el Castillo de San Felipe a cargo de la Armada Nacional. Luego arrancará el desfile conmemorativo del 20 de julio a cargo de la alcaldía. El punto de encuentro y salida es en Las Bóvedas, frente al Colegio Salesiano Centro Histórico. 
y así celebraron los colombianos el grito en la independencia el mes pasado. And lastly, if I told you that Google has had several special doodles to commemorate Colombia's independence throughout the years, would you believe me? And you know what doodles are, right? It's this thing where if you go to google.com, which not many people do now nowadays, because uh, they just look up from their browser or something. But if you go to google.com, and I guess, I don't know, every day, you'll see like a special doodle or a picture atop the search bar. And that picture is usually to commemorate something, you know, it's in honor of something. So on most um, July 20th, it'll actually put some kind of like Colombian themed image, you know, with the Colombian flag colors, um, yellow, blue, and red. And this year it had that actually, it was really neat. So regardless of whether or not you believe it, it happens. Because, and Google has had many such doodles. So I've included its most recent from last month on my show notes. If you clicked on the doodle, you'd be shown this short summary. Now, if you want to retain just one thing from today's episode, please, pretty please, please make it this doodle summary from July 20th, 2019. You may not care all that much about Colombia, but it is, in my opinion, important to know things like this. Um, you know, just so that you know that Colombia is not what Narcos shows or, you know, what the news and the media show. Um, Colombia is much more than that. And I think the independent story is neat. I'm, of course, biased. But, uh, you know, it would be something that you can definitely learn and tell your buddies at your next dinner party. Okay, so here's that doodle summary from July 20th of this year, 2019. Today's doodle celebrates Colombia's Independence Day when the South American Republic made named, I'm sorry, after Christopher Columbus officially asserted its autonomy and began moving away from Spanish rule. On this day in 1810, an uprising sparked by a broken flower pot led to demands for a new local council to decide the future of Santa Fe, the city now known as Bogota. At the time, independence movements were already gaining support across the Spanish viceroyalty, then known as what is it, remember? New Granada, Nueva Granada, which included modern-day Colombia, Ecuador, Venezuela, and Panama. Local patriots in Santa Fe de Bogotá visited prominent Spanish merchant José González Llorente and asked to borrow a vase, which he refused to do. In the ensuing disagreement, the vase was broken, bringing tempers to a boiling point, which led to an open town meeting that empowered the new council. The struggle for independence continued on until... 1819, when Simón Bolívar entered Bogotá after the Battle of Boyacá. Día de la Independencia is an occasion for feasts, parties, and parades in most major cities. And remember, I talked about those earlier today. The tricolor flag, adopted in 1861, flies proudly, and the national anthem, Himno Nacional de la República de Colombia, which you can hear in the background, is played. Traditional music and dance forms can also be heard, including cumbia, curralao, porro, vallenato, joropo, and indigenous Indian sounds like bambuco. Today is also a timely time to visit Llorente's house in Bogotá, the site of the flower pot episode, open to the public as the Museo de la Independencia. Feliz Día de la Independencia! And that's my cue, friends, but before I go, uh, also know it's a huge... Well, besides it being a, uh, July 20th being a huge day, I'll show you pictures online at the show notes of the costumes that kids will wear. Um, you know, my parents tell me that uh, kids from like the public schools and all the private schools, too, they wear costumes to celebrate that day. And 
you know, costumes in honor of the important personality like Simon Bolivar and other people. And it's really neat. I look forward to you checking out all those pictures. Muchísimas gracias por escuchar este episodio. Y no se les olvide mandarme preguntas o comentarios a pod in Spanish and Twitter o mediante mi website podcast.aniluciapaul.com Que tengan un día excelente and I'll catch you next time. Chao. Hey, gracias por haberte sintonizado a este episodio de Adventures in Spanish. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Adventures in Spanish. Si te gusta el show y quieres saber más acerca de él o ver los recursos gratis que introduje en este episodio incluyendo mis apuntes, visita podcast.aniluciapaul.com If you like the show and want to know more and get the free resources I mentioned, including my show notes, go to podcast.aniluciapaul.com Si te encantó este episodio, no dudes en suscribirte a tu favorita de podcast y dejarme un review estelar en iTunes. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe in your favorite app and leave me an awesome review on iTunes? Muchísimas gracias.